Welcome to the College Football Bros. The Conference of Champions blooming like a red rose. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. We are on to the Power Five in our season preview series. We're starting with the Pac-12. Uh, but before we get into that, another reminder to please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're going to have a few in-depth team previews for the Pac-12 up there. Right now, my USC preview is is already available, so check that out. We're also going to have uh, Pac-12 power rankings, 1 through 12, and maybe Utah, maybe Oregon preview. Check it out. Uh, but Ryan, what is our first burning question for the Pac-12? All right. First question is, which non-QB transfer will make the biggest impact on his new team? All right. Since I'm the first one here, I have to go with a fairly obvious one. Jordan Addison, the receiver transfer from Pitt to USC, reigning Bolitnikoff winner and getting paired up with Caleb Williams, going to Lincoln Riley's offense. Last year, uh, Addison, he managed to put up huge numbers, even with a target on his back. And that's the thing for me. Uh, even if he doesn't put up huge numbers himself, since defenses will be keying in on him, his impact will be large as he'll be opening up targets for guys like Mario Williams, uh, another transfer uh, to, to SC, Caleb Williams' old OU teammate. Uh, and I, so I think with Riley's creativity on offense and Addison's talent and speed, it should allow him and his teammates to put up good numbers. Okay, I'm going to go with another wide receiver. Jacob Cowing, the transfer from UTEP to Arizona. He had 69 catches last year at 19.6 yards per catch. That was 10th in the nation. Arizona's two leading receivers last season averaged 9 and 9.9 yard, 9 <laughs> yards per catch. <laughs> Isn't that wow. crazy? That's one of the lowest you'll see Under for 10. The, the two leading receivers for the team. So the offense had very little explosiveness. Cowing can come in and help solve that. I think the, the Wildcats are going to have one of the most improved offenses in college football. I agree. Of course, bringing in uh, Jaden Delora as a transfer does not hurt, but he's yes, a quarterback, yeah. so he was not uh, not eligible here. Yes, not eligible for this question. Um, all right, I'm going to go to the defensive side of the ball. I'm going to take uh, Darius Muasau. He's transferring from Hawaii to UCLA. Now, he had a he had a couple of really good years there at, at Hawaii. Last year in particular, he had 108 tackles, uh, seven sacks, 14 tackles for loss. Um, so he's a he's a huge piece. And UCLA's defense, they allowed more than five yards per carry. Um, so a much needed linebacker here to help stuff the run. And he's good enough to to get after the pass rusher or, or to get after the the, the quarterback. So um, UCLA loses a lot on, on defense. They have like nine starters gone. So they really needed to to help fill those guy, those role, those uh, missing pieces with some experienced players, and this is a huge one for them. So uh, I'll go with. Uh, I think he's going to have a huge year. Yeah, two time first okay. team, all Mountain West. All right. So, yep. which non conference games involving Pac twelve teams are you most looking forward to? I think the number one for me is Utah at Florida in Week One. Utah, of course, if you. Spoiler alert, but if you watch our uh, Pac-12 YouTube episode, we had we all had them number one in, in the conference. So would be big for them to get a win here, help make sure there's hopefully at least one top 10 team in, in the Pac-12 headed into conference play. 
And I'm just interested to see Utah's defense going up against a player who has a ton of hype entering the season, Florida's quarterback, Anthony Richardson, kind of an athletic freak. Uh, That'll be fun to watch. And I just have really no idea what's going to happen in this game. Florida is such a wild card that uh, it's going to be fun to, to see what happens. Utah's favored one and a half as of right now. Okay, yeah, Utah, Florida would be my number one pick as well. Um, but uh, for my number two, um, I'm going to go with one that's maybe a little bit under the radar for some folks. I'm going to take Washington State at Wisconsin. Mm. Uh, you know, this one, to me, I really want to see Wazoo's offense with their new offensive coordinator, Eric Morris, coming in from Incarnate Word, probably starting their the quarterback from Incarnate Word as well, Cameron Ward. Like if they can move the ball and have some success against Wisconsin and, you know, in Wisconsin against a really good defense, then I think the Pac-12 is going to be, you have to worry about Wazoo. You know, they're going to be a, a force to reckon with. So I just want to see how they stack up against them. And I don't think it's that far-fetched to think that Wazoo can go into Madison and, and make it competitive. I'm not saying they could win it, they're going to win it, but you know, there's no reason why they can't make that a game going into the fourth quarter. So I'm looking forward to that one. Clash of styles definitely will be fun to watch there. All right, I'm going to go with another Big Ten Pac-12 matchup. Michigan State at Washington. Want to see what Kalen DeBoer can do with with the Huskies in in his first season there. You know, can he turn around that offense potentially with Michael Penix at, at quarterback? And then on the, on the other side, Sparty. You know, what will they do for an encore without Kenneth Walker? And now this year, having some expectations, be a fun one in Seattle. All right, got to give a few honorable mentions here. We got to bring up Oregon against Georgia in Atlanta. Of course, Dan Lanning yeah. against his former team. Big spread. But, uh, yeah, that's why I just didn't want to go with that one because the spread's, what, like 17 ish or something? 17 18, and like a half as of yeah, now. Yeah, it's I was, pretty, that's a pretty big spread to go with. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Just don't see you, Oregon, being able to win that one. BYU at Oregon. There's a closer spread for you. Oregon is yeah. it's in week three Oregon of course assuming they don't upset Georgia they're going to be one and one entering that game so it could be just a little bit of pressure on Dan Landing not to get off to a slow start and yeah, then if you heard right. our thoughts on BYU at the end of last episode we're all very high on them there's other good games I mean it's you got Oregon State Boise State that should be a, yeah I like that, that very one. good game. that's in Corvallis yeah. that one should be real you know Stanford both teams. at Notre Dame yep the yeah Stanford and Cal USC. Cal goes at Notre Dame too as well I believe yeah, you're right. They do. Yeah, and then, yeah. Notre UCLA. Dame. UCLA is nowhere to be found. They they kind of wussed out. <laughs> UCLA's oh. non-conference <laughs> is Bowling Green, oh, Alabama State, I believe, and South yeah. Alabama, all at home. Yes, it's yeah. it's really bad. Yeah. I mean, to their credit, they yeah. they had LSU it last is, year. That is a guess. This week, this year is bad. Yeah, that's um, that's embarrassing. I mean, but at the same time, what's cool. not embarrassing is going nine and three. People, people don't look yeah, too deeply yeah. into the, like, who did you beat again? Nah, nine and three. Yeah. They I mean, if that. you go, they can have a f- losing record, four and five in Pac-12 play, but still go like seven and five and hey, pretty, pretty solid. But yeah, yeah it's, uh, I'll take the wins. Which position group are you most intrigued by entering the 2022 season? Um, all right. So intrigued by, I'll go UCLA's defensive line. Um, and I think a lot actually depends on that group this year for that team. Um, if they're pretty good, um, then I think UCLA has, you know, a chance to, to do some real damage, maybe even win the whole thing. Um, you know, but if they're bad, you know, they're going to be middle of the pack uh, again. And they, 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 but they, what they really need is a big stout run stuffer because they were bad against the run and they're hoping Jay Toya can be that guy. He, he was a USC Trojan for 
very briefly, Michael, sorry, mm-hmm. uh, before deciding to come to the Crosstown rival UCLA, huge kid, um, and they expect a lot out of him. So if he's a, if he's good, then that's going to go a long way. Um, Bo Calvert comes back as an edge rusher. He had 38 tackles last year, four sacks. Nice piece. Carl Jones, a little bit smaller, but he can also come off the edge, provide a nice pass rush. Other than that, transfers, relying on a ton of them. Um, they got two twins from North Texas, Grayson and Gabriel Murphy. They had a combined 16 sacks last year. Um, so they're going to be counted on to play a lot of snaps and be big pieces for them. Um, Gary Smith, transfer from Duke. Another big body that should hopefully help against the run. And another transfer from Harvard, Jacob Sykes. Um, first team all Ivy League. So he, he was a, he's a pretty good get. I mean, if you're a first teamer in the Ivy League, that's that's no joke. So he should help provide some good depth. So <laughs> I, think, uh, I guess Trey thinks it's a joke. I guess so. He's funny. I mean, he thinks it's it, funny. No, it's good. I just I don't know if it's no joke. That was funny. I like I like that. Well, I like that. A lot of quite a few I, Ivy Leaguers end up in the NFL. Shots fired at Ross Tucker by Trey. Come on. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I no, I I'm all about it. I, I was I was not I was not ridiculing it. I just liked the comment. Yep. Uh, so anyways, a right. lot rides on them. I I totally agree. I was gonna go with something on UCLA's defense because they need that uh, that posi- those groups to to play well this year. All right, I'm going to go to Oregon and their wide receivers. Uh, we know that the offensive line should one. be a strength, and and it and that should bode well or bode well for Bo Nix most likely at quarterback. I know Ty Thompson's there at, at some point. You know, Oregon last year was very uh, pretty conservative down the field with Anthony Brown. So hopefully, the new staff with the offensive coordinator uh, Kenny Dillingham, maybe he'll stretch the field more. I don't know. We we saw this pairing in years past at Auburn, but I don't know. That that that's a big question mark. But the challenge is they for on the wide receiver front, they lose Devin Williams and Johnny Johnson. So the wide receivers, in order for Oregon to have a good season, they need to step up. They have youngsters Chris Hudson, Dante Thornton, Troy Franklin. Hudson, he was the second leading receiver last year, but the other two guys they haven't done too much. And then they're going to rely on some transfers. They bring in Caleb Chapman from A and M. He caught 13 balls a year ago, and then Chase Coda from UCLA was a, little, a bit more productive in, in his four years with the Bruins. So the Ducks, I think they'll have a strong season if they get better production at the at the receiving group this year. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. The offensive line is so good that you'd think that the running game will be fine. If they can get an explosive passing offense, that would go a long way. I'm going to another contender in the Pac-12 title race, USC. I will say USC's linebackers I'm I'm intrigued by because, I mean, USC, the whole defense has question marks at, at every level, but the linebacking core has maybe the widest variance. I could see it being pretty good or it could be bad. So as far as pure edge rushers, the most intriguing guy on the roster, Corey Foreman, he was, well, he was the number yeah. one overall recruit until Quinn Ewers reclassified uh, a couple years ago, had a disappointing true freshman season, actually had knee issues this spring, so We'll see. It's he apparently had. I think it was reported he had a disconnect between him and the previous coaching staff. So that's kind of concerning to hear. We'll we'll see what happens, but the potential is obviously there. And then there's a trio of other guys I'm looking at. So Romello Height, a transfer from Auburn, supposedly had a very good spring. So hopefully he can be a, a good pass rusher. But we haven't really seen that on the field a whole lot yet. Shane Lee, a big linebacker from Alabama, who started as a true freshman there, but that was when they had a bad defense and they were decimated by injuries. So it's we'll see if he's improved uh, since then. 
And then Eric Gentry, maybe the surest thing of those was a freshman All-American at ASU last year. So you could talk yourself into all those guys, but it's, it's, it's an unknown still. Yeah, it could be a home run. It, it could be, but it could also be, I don't know, what's, worse, what's the worst strikeout maybe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's hitting into a, hitting into a double play. Oh, that's even a triple play. How about that's even worse? Yeah, tri- yeah. it's not realistic, Mike. Well, it, right. it happens, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, next question. Other than Lincoln Riley, which new head coach or coordinator uh, will make the biggest impact um, on his team, on his new team in year one? I'm going to go Kalen DeBoer of Washington. They were just so putrid on offense last year, thanks to you know some poor play calling, lack of explosiveness. We know DeBoer's had success at pretty much every stop he's made. So, I mean, it might be a lot to ask in, in year one to have a good year, but, but no reason that that offense shouldn't take a big step forward under his watch. He gets Michael Penix to transfer in. We've seen how dynamic he can be when he's healthy. You know, we've alluded to Dylan Morris and Sam Heward uh, in the past. We'll, we'll see if they, if any of them can step up over, over Penix, but uh, they have a, a star left tackle to pr- protect Jackson Kirkland. They had a, so, I mean, you look at their offense last year, it was pretty, pretty young, particularly at the skill position. So if he can get, the, if DeBoer can get the quarterbacks to mesh with the young receiving core, then I don't see why he himself won't have a big impact considering where they were a year ago. Yeah, that was my answer as well. Just because going from John Donovan as offensive coordinator to Kalen DeBoer <laughs> is one of the biggest changes you can make. So I, yeah, I think that's going to be a dramatic improvement. So I'm left with nobody. Um, I will just say that I'll just go Homer here. I'm hoping that Alex Grinch has a big impact on the USC defense. Last year, the defense was really, really bad. And part of that may be maybe they kind of just gave up the season. You know, Clay Helton got fired. Season kind of went went into the tank. Um, And so that was maybe not even a a bearing on Todd Orlando, just kind of just the overall vibe of the team. But but now, obviously, the, the motivation should be there. USC should be a good team headed into this season. And Alex Grinch did a good job improving Oklahoma. I know maybe not um, quite as much as Oklahoma fans would have wanted, but um, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not picky. I'm, <laughs> I'll take what he did yeah, at just, Oklahoma. I'm, yeah, I'm not exactly. as picky. I, I'll yeah. deal with 10 and 2. That's fine. Yeah, I'll take that all day. Yeah. All right. No, I think Grinch is a good one. I think he's, he's being underlooked or underrated just because of what you just said, Mike. He's, I think he's still a really good yep. D, D coordinator. Um, all right. I went with uh, Eric Morris, um, the uh, new offensive coordinator for Washington State. Um, of course, he's coming in um, from Incarnate Word where he was the head coach and he led multiple top five offenses there. Um, I mean, they just they just lit it up and he's bringing his quarterback along, Cameron Ward, who had 47 touchdown passes last year, also bringing in the top receiver. Uh, so, there's there's some excitement there. I mean, we've seen kind of this recipe for success uh, before. Western Kentucky had a similar vibe. Um, they brought in some FCS kind of transfers, coordinator and QB and wide receiver combo, and it lit it up there at Western Kentucky. I'm not sure we can go quite that high for Washington State, but if they can just get anywhere near that, um, I mean, they, and, they, and the Cougs can need it. They only averaged 378 yards on offense per game last year, 81st nationally, which you would be surprised because Cougs usually, they might not have the best defense usually, but normally the offense at least put some yards up there and move the ball. Not so much last year. So I think this is a, a big get for, for um, Wazoon. I think it's going to make a big impact. That's what gets me kind of excited. I about. can't, 
the Cougs this year because the defense with Jake Dicker was pretty good last year. Like the defense was the better side of the ball. So if you can fix that yeah. offense, they they could be good. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're yeah. there. If you look yeah. at the, Cameron Ward is you know, F- one of my FPI, favorites going SP, into the year. Yeah. Yep. If you look at FPI SP plus, they're very low on on Washington State, but you know they're they don't know that Eric Morris is coming. Those those metrics. Oh, they have no idea. And they don't know None. just how good Cameron. Although Cameron Ward, <laughs> we don't know, but could be really good. <laughs> They don't know, but we don't know. We don't well. know either, so but nobody I'm buying knows. in. <laughs> nobody knows. I'm buying into the hype. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Western Kentucky 2.0, but better. Yep. All right. If you had to bet on a team with greater than 20 to 1 odds to win the conference, who would you choose? I'm going to say Oregon State. You can get them plus 4,000 or 40 to 1 at BetMGM. They were in the conference championship championship race last year until the last week of the season. And they are third in the conference in returning production. Uh, they also get five home games, four road games, which is always nice. They're going to be good. I, I trust Jonathan Smith with with the offense. It's the defense that needs to get better, and I think it will. In twenty twenty one, in twenty twenty, it was horrible. In twenty twenty one, it was just bad. Maybe twenty twenty two, decent. They're average. Yeah that, yeah, that would that would be the goal. I'm not <laughs> I, sure if they can get there, but if I they agree. do, they got a shot. Yeah, I'm with you on on that. I think their defense will be all right. Um, okay. I figured you were going to go with Oregon State. Um, so I, I'm, I went, I had a backup here, even though Oregon State would be my top pick. Uh, Stanford is mine pretty far off the radar here. Cause, yeah. uh, some folks, I guess Trey was telling me, I didn't look at the odds, but, uh, well, I knew it was greater than 20, but it's 90 to one, I guess at some places. So that's, um, those are some huge odds there. They're going to have a really experienced team. I mean, they're seventh in the nation in returning production. They're switching up their defense, so maybe from a 3-4 to a 4-3, so maybe that all of a sudden will help them. Maybe it just matches their personnel so much better, and the defense will be respectable. They were terrible last year against the run. Their quarterback gets a lot of hype, Tanner McKee. He's got some pretty good offensive weapons around him, especially receivers. I think they got some good pass catchers. The O-line, if they could just protect them better, that, that would go a long way. Um, but, you know, Mike, I think they can have the opportunity here that Stanford's had success in the past, not too far removed. So, yeah, David Shaw knows what, how to do it, get it done. Maybe he can find some of his old magic. Yeah, you guys, you guys took uh, some good ones. I mean, I wouldn't, I wasn't going to be as crazy as Ryan. Ryan's always super aggressive, and I like it. Um, I wasn't going to take Oregon <laughs> State. So another, another one that I might entertain is if you just want to take a flyer. Uh, we we talked about Washington State. I think I saw they were around forty five to one. I mean, if that offense is as good as as it was at Incarnate Word, the sky's the limit for these guys. I mean, it, it, I'm just so excited to watch what Cameron Ward can do. Michael, you touched on how how Dickert's defense was was decent last year, and maybe they'll take a, a another step up with uh, another year of his his tutelage. So. I don't know. They they don't have a ton of blue chip talent, so it's a lot to ask. But if that offense can carry him, you never know. All right. Trivia question. Trivia question. What is it? Incarnate Word. Yeah. What's their nickname? Ooh, I know it's a. I think it's the Cardinals. No, I shouldn't. Yes. Very is good it? job. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Bravo, Michael. All right. Last question here. Who will win the Pac-12? And this is, we haven't mentioned this the whole episode, but they're. They are no longer using divisions to determine who will be playing in the Pac-12 yeah. title. It is just going to be the team with the top, the the two best records in conference. Yep. Yes, it is. Um, well, I like Utah for sure as one. 
I mean, they won it last year. They were the best team and they still return a lot. And yeah, there's just really no reason not to pick them. I mean, it, you can not pick them, but I'd be like, why? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make any sense. So the other, the other team I think is more open. I think you could go with a few teams there Two kind of have are the leading candidates, Oregon and USC. I went with Oregon. Um, maybe I'll hate myself for doing it, but I'm taking them. I just, they have talent. Dan, um, Mario Cristobal brought in a lot of talent there. The recruiting has been so good for the last few years. They're, the cupboard is not empty. So Dan Lanning is going to come in and have some pieces to work with. I do question some of these things they have on offense, uh, particularly the, the, the coordinator and the quarterback. So I'm not quite sure they're going to be all great, but they weren't all that great last year, those positions. Mm-hmm. So, and they still made the, made it to the title game. So I think, you know, Dan Lanning is going to have the defense pretty solid. Talent takes over. I'll say they get there, even though it's not going to be in dominant fashion. And I like Utah to win it again uh, in the in the title game. Yeah, I uh, I see it the same way you do, Ryan. Um, I, I think I mean, I got Utah over over Oregon. Utes, the, the Utes have kind of a tough schedule, and they could be playing this game as a revenge game since they'll be playing in Autzen a few weeks before the title game. But I just think they're the most reliable and somewhat predictable team going into the year. I love uh, the offense for Utah. They they went to another le- level last year with Cam Rising, Tavion Thomas back, Brant Keithy, Dalton Kincaid, probably one of the best tight end duos in the country. Um, the defense does take maybe a little bit of a, a step back, but it's like we've mentioned before, it's Utah. They're pretty solid. They've got they still have good pieces. Not like they're they're uh, they're going to be all lost out there. And then Oregon, you know. They have some losses like Thibodeau and whatnot, but they they've got enough returning pieces that should be should be great. Um, I guess if I did want to say one dark horse team, it would be UCLA, just because I think their offense should be outstanding. The defense is a, has been atrocious, but man, if they make a jump to like kind of middle of the pack with that offense, I th- here's a fun fact: they play nine teams that didn't go to a bowl game last year. And we, we've already talked about how they have one of the worst non-conference yeah. schedules. So it sets up nice for them. Yep. I completely agree with you guys. I got Utah over Oregon, really not much to add. Um, with, with Oregon, I, I like Ryan have a little bit of questions about Bo Nix and Kenny Dillingham, not necessarily questions in me thinking that they're not good. It's just more literally. I don't know. I, I'm just curious to see. Yeah. So yeah, even though USC has the massive edge at quarterback compared to Oregon, the rest of the roster, just the way they've recruited, like you said, Ryan, I favor favor Oregon there. Yep. Uh, so that'll do it for this episode of the College Football Bros. Again, be, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're gonna have plenty of videos up there every single week as we head towards the 2022 season. Uh, so we'd appreciate that, and we'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.